Welcome to Behind the Barrels, a podcast for and about the people that make ODOT a great place to work. We're talking to men and women throughout the state from every walk of life to find out what makes them tick, both on and off the clock. I'm Mike Lovins. And I'm Caroline Griffith. Now let's take a peek Behind Behind the the Barrels. We are interviewing Jeff Rogers of District 3. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for uh, coming today to meet with us and talk to us a little bit. Hello. Yeah, welcome. Or I'm saying welcome to you. (laughs) Nice to meet you guys and welcome to District 3. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, thank you. you. Uh, So listen, before we get to your incredible story, tell us what you do here at ODOT. Yes, I, uh, I work in the local programs office here for District 3. I'm one of the, what they call the LPA coordinators. LPA is just a local public agency. Basically, anytime a county or city or village, any municipality is awarded federal money, oversight for those transportation projects falls on ODOT. So that's kind of where I reside. I don't really work in ODOT-let world very much. I'm typically just helping counties, cities, municipalities meet federal requirements. Awesome. So you probably work with our LTAP office a lot, with Victoria Bill's office and yep, things like yep. that. Yep, work Very with cool. them. They're kind of nested under under us, under Andrea Stevenson. She's the head of LPA. Mm-hmm. If you know her down at Central Office, yes. Jeff Payton, Jeff Shainer. I was going to ask then, is, is what you do pretty specific to just this, this area? Do you work with other folks in different districts that are kind of your counterpoints? If I'm working with people in other districts, it's mostly on like processes to kind of see how they do things so that we can decide at District 3 if we're going to incorporate, you know, certain ways that they maybe scope a project or whatnot. We do things a little different in this district compared to others in that we are, us project managers handle projects cradle to grave, meaning it's the same person involved all the way from scoping through construction. Whereas I think all the other districts, there's a handoff there from the planning phase into construction. It gets handed to a different project manager. Okay. So we're a little unique in that aspect, but most of the time I'm working in just a select few counties because there's four of us in this district. So I handle Medina, Wayne, and Lorraine counties, basically working with county engineers, city engineers, sometimes villages, stuff like that. Awesome. How long have you been with ODOT? I have a little over 10 years at ODOT. Um, that started when I graduated back in 2012, but there was a like three-year-ish period where I worked for a consultant up in the Cleveland area, and then I came back. The, well, oh, okay. I was going to say, this sounds kind of like my story. I started my first three years as a temp, but I was here at, you know, I was with ODOT. But, okay. So, I've been at ODOT for more than 10 years, but three of them don't count yet. <laughs> yes, yes. I interned as well, probably okay, yeah, sim- yeah. more similar. I interned up in District 12 because I'm up from that area, suburb of Cleveland. And then the year I graduated, they weren't weren't hiring anybody, and I ended up down here. Well, we're glad you're here now. <laughs> yes, me too. So so we wanted to talk to you because your story is very motivational, and, and that's the, the story a, a lot of people want to be the subject of that story. And that's somebody who has had a wonderful uh, turn of weight loss. And I, I, I gotta admit, I'm, I'm one of those people who wanna be that inspirational story. Not quite there yet. But what was your, your, your motivation then? Yeah, so I spent a decade at a little bit under 400 pounds, give or take, you know, obviously fluctuating here and there. And uh, it was always a source of of contention in my life where you know you see a picture of yourself look at your reflection in the mirror and so there i was always primed wanting to lose weight 
and motivation. You know, I had little kids at the time when I finally pulled the trigger and lost the weight. So little the kids were obviously motivation, but also I was a I'm a roller coaster lover and I had gotten to the size where I couldn't fit in a lot of roller coasters where we were avid Cedar Point goers at the time and I was down to literally one roller coaster that I could fit in. I think and, I know that one because that's the one I can run. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that was another thing. And then just just kind of the everyday things. My my health, you know, was a big factor. I, I had youth on my side at the time. I was 28 when I finally finally succeeded in losing the weight. So I was worried about what the imp- implications would be if I didn't when I, you know, when I was older. So health, kids, fun. And then on top of it, I had gotten to a point where like it was tough to find clothes that fit. I was wearing five XL shirts and 54 inch pants. So it was kind of everything. You mentioned your, your youth at the time. Is that what kind of made you feel like that was the right time? Like, I got to do this now. Yes. Yeah, so I had, um, it's funny to me because it was such a simple epiphany that it's almost like after the fact, it's almost like, well, duh. But I had this epiphany when I was sitting there. So like anybody who's almost 400 pounds, I had tried to lose weight numerous times and just didn't. And I was sitting at home one night and I thought to myself, well, I'm I'm 380 pounds because I'm actively making decisions to be 380 pounds. And as simple as that sounds, it was kind of like a switch in my mind that mm. that occurred for me to where it was it was as profound as it could be where I just accepted, well, wait a minute, if I'm choosing these things that got me here, that means all I have to do is choose other things and I won't be here anymore. Awesome. And it was it was honestly like a switch flipped off in my mind. It was 2 weeks later that I told my wife so I had remembered I had this old, I don't know if you've ever heard of P90X. It's yeah, like an yeah, yeah, infomercial yeah. Mm-hmm. workout. Yeah, and I remembered I had an old dusty set of DVDs and I thought, you know what? I remember trying that and not being able to do it. If I'm going to do this, I might as well just go intense and do it. And two weeks later, I told my wife, even when I was only down a few pounds, I told her, I'm certain I'm going to be successful this time. A, a, flip, a switch has flipped in my mind. And so that epiphany, as simple as it was, that I can just decide to make better choices was kind of like freeing to yeah. me. That's amazing because like that's that's usually what it happens for uh, people who decide to do this. It, it is. It's this, it, it, it sounds sure. s- simple, but it's not. And it is just has to be that personal switch that flips for you to say, nope, this is what resonates with me and this is what I'm going to do. So what was that full journey like? What? Uh, so how did it, I know, was it hard at the beginning? Was it hard to keep on top of it? Yeah. So when I first started, P90X is pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and really any workout will work. It's just that that's what I chose because I remembered that I had these DVDs. I couldn't do a single push-up. Um, I, so it's it's heavy on body weight movements, P90Xs. So I, I just modified and did what I could and I just adopted that mentality of, well, I'm not gonna keep up with these ultra fit guys in the video, but if I just do as much as I can, it's, certainly it's gonna work. So I had set my original goal. So at the time being nearly 400, I figured it probably wasn't unrealistic to lose a hundred pounds in a year. So that's what I told myself. I'm going to do what I can. I'm not really um, attached to having to lose a hundred pounds in a year, but just, I picked a number that I thought was realistic. So I started to hit, I hit it real hard as best as I could. I was, I didn't know anything about nutrition at the time. So I was just eating less and working out hard. And I actually, I hit my hundred pound loss goal in five months. Wow. Good for you. That's amazing. So, right, it, it was, it blew my mind to kind of open, open my mind to what's possible. 
and that just motiva motivated me further to keep pushing and see at that point my my gears kind of switched in my head to well let's just see what i can do maybe i won't limit myself to my a goal weight and what i think i can do let's just see how far i can push it right. and do what i do what i can so did your wife do it with you or was she, I know she hadn't been supportive of you. <laughs> no, she was definitely supportive. Yeah. She was cooking me separate meals when, you know, like I said, I had kids at the time. So she was cooking herself mm -hmm. meals and then she, and the kids, and then she would make separate stuff for me. If it was something, you know, she would coordinate her weekly schedule. She's a stay at home mom. So she does almost all the cooking and she would coordinate with me say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking this week. What? What are you gonna eat and what aren't you? So, yeah. and then she would help me out and make me separate stuff on the things that didn't fit into my plan and whatnot. So uh, it was very helpful having her with that. It took such a burden off of me with, with meal times and stuff. So super supportive. No, she didn't do it with me. She's not, not gung-ho about it like gotcha. I am, but. So you, you had your, your goal of, a, of 100 pounds in a year. Obviously you met that early, but did you have like micro goals that you would try and like hit in between? Yes, so it wasn't necessarily, um, I wasn't really giving myself number goals, weight goals and whatnot, but I, it, what, it turned into goals of uh, like, I wanna keep up with the guys in the workout for the push-up set or I wanna be able to do the jumping jacks the entire time they do and not have to take a break. So there was a lot of little things like that that kinda of happened so fast I couldn't really even keep track of them. But as you're doing these 40 to 60 minute workouts, it was not, it was really motivational to see, oh, I, I actually kept up this time yeah. like for this one set of the workout. And then that progressed into, oh, I kept up for half of the video. And then by the end of it, you know, it was, oh, I, I actually kept up with them for the whole video. So it was little things like that that would motivate me and then add in like clothes fitting that mm. were too small for me. You know, I had boxes of old clothes from as I got larger and larger. I didn't throw my clothes away. I saved them. So as those old clothes came to fit, granted, most were out of style by then. But it was it was made me happy to get into it. Right. Oh, yes. wow, this 2X shirt fits. This is awesome. So yes. So P90X, I know, is, is technically a 90, it's a 90 day program. So did you do it for the 90 days and restart it? Or did you just pick your favorite workout videos from yeah. that and just keep up with those? Or? Yeah, so um, I did three rounds of P90X because at the time it was all I had and it required next to no equipment. I needed, I think, I think I had some adjustable dumbbells and I, I may not have even had those at the time. I definitely had some exercise bands. So I just kept redoing the program because it was working so much. And um, I haven't gotten to the, my total goal yet, but in three rounds of P90X, which is like you said, 90 days each, I was down 162 pounds wow. by the time those three rounds went. So that's, it wasn't until then after three rounds that I started venturing into um, weight training specific programs and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, that I keep hearing is, uh, especially when you get to a point where you are incorporating weight training and stuff, um, that the scale isn't necessarily your friend because if you're incorporating weight training and you're gaining muscle, you might not see a difference on the scale right away, but it's where it's the how you feel and how the clothes fit and stuff that are really going to show that difference. Absolutely. I have a, there's a perfect part of my weight loss that fits into what you're saying there to where when I made the switch from P90X, which is, it has weightlifting in it, but it's heavily a cardio yeah. high intensity program. When I made the switch to weight training program for four weeks, I lost only a single pound, 
but in that time I lost three inches on my waist. There you go. Mm -hmm. So I, you're, you know, there's a lot of water. Water kind of gets into the equation. You mm -hmm. know, water in your muscles, water in your body. That gets into the equation depending on what you're eating, and you know, if you're eating carbs, you're going to hold more water, and whatnot. But very much so, there's like a recomposition that's going on. And while you're not going to gain muscle at the same rate that you lose fat, especially once you start getting lean, um, you, you, the scale can't be your only indicator yeah. for sure. And, and maybe even when you're not, because sometimes I know I went through periods where I was very much attached to that number on the scale, despite that I was doing well, if it didn't fall at what I felt like I wanted it yeah. to, you know, you kind of get in your own head and you yep. start, start getting off track because of that. You absolutely can. So you, you mentioned uh, that you love roller coasters. This kind of journey can be a roller coaster ride. You've got that right, for sure. <laughs> That's an understatement, yeah. Uh, did you have ups and downs, or were you seeing a constant change? So um, I would say I'm having ups and downs now. Okay. Um, I think it's just an ebb and flow of life. I've learned, to, I've learned that when we're talking long-term health, that life is an ebb and flow. And I couldn't really accept that when I first started. If the scale wasn't dropping, that first, so it took me, um, maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but my, my total weight loss ended up being 185 pounds awesome. in 13 months. So for 13 months, I was very diligent. I saw the scale almost exclusively go down until I had gotten to near my goal weight. I didn't really have a weight involved, but as soon as I got down there and I kind of didn't know where I wanted to go from there, I knew I wanted to build muscle. It was kind of a mind game seeing the scale go up. Uh -huh. um, maybe I would have a meal off track and kind of beat myself up. So it, oh, I guess what I'm saying is for 13 months, it was really mostly down on the roller coaster, but then I started to experience a, a lack of goals, not necessarily knowing where I wanted to go when I, when I felt I didn't have any more weight to lose. So since then, there's certainly been ups and downs, times where I kind of don't know which direction I want to go, times where in order to gain muscle, you have to eat in a surplus. Mm -hmm. So what comes with that is you're going to gain fat as sure. well, unless you're in the tiniest surplus. So it, um, I've definitely had ups and downs of, of weight loss since this was back. So I, when I lost all the weight, it was 2018, beginning of 18. So um, since then, I've definitely had multiple times of, of learning to adjust life to where I want to mm -hmm. be or maybe just accepting where I am. So what type of uh, weight training programs are you, did you do after P90X and what are you doing now to, to just kind of keep up with that? Yeah, so uh, I kind of got a unique story with um, tied in. So P90X is made by a company called Beachbody, which I don't know how, it's a pretty big company and they make tons of different, they make supplements, they make mm -hmm. workouts and whatnot. But at the time I thought, well, I'll just stick with one of their programs because they had just come out. I, I think they had just come out with it or it was relatively new, a weightlifting training program. So I did that one. Um, and then it sort of evolved over time into, um, I joined a gym rather than working out at home because it got to the point where I, I, would, I thought I'd like to have access to more equipment than I'm willing to buy for myself. <laughs> so I joined a gym and now I, I kind of just do my own thing. I write my own workout programs based on whatever I'm trying to accomplish. Um, at the moment, I know we'll, we'll talk about current goals and whatnot. I'm getting a little more into running. I, some of the things weight loss allowed me to do is I ran a half marathon a couple years ago. Nice. For you. And then COVID kind of hit, so yeah. so it, everything stalled as with all areas of life yeah. when COVID hit and whatnot. 
but I'm getting back into that with some friends, so that's kind of motivating me now. Very cool. And uh, I'd like to touch on your nutrition for a minute. So, like, when when you first started P90X, you said you didn't really know a lot about nutrition, and I know learning about macros and learning about meal plans, it's a whole other world yes. in and of itself. Um, I've been there, done that. I did bodybuilding for a little while. Like, okay. it's a whole okay. it's a whole different world. So, I, I get right. that. So, how, what was that like learning for you? How did you step into it? How did you learn about it? Uh, how, where are you at with it now? Yes. Yeah, so, when I, like, I, you're exactly right. Like I said, when I first started P90X, I didn't know anything about it. You know, I heard 2,000 calories was supposed to be the, what they base all nutrition mm-hmm. off of. So, without knowing anything except the fact that I'm 400 pounds and I should lose weight as long as I'm eating a little, I aimed for under 2000 at first. And that was my only, I, I downloaded an app on the phone, tracked calories, and that was all I paid attention to was, if I'm under 2000, I'm good. And so the weight started to really come off. And then, you know, over time, thanks to YouTube and modern technology, I started watching videos on macros and nutrition, trying to figure out, uh, like you said, it's a whole world in, of it, in and of itself. Everybody's got a different idea of what's best, whether you, what macros you should be eating, what foods you should or shouldn't be eating. The word poison gets thrown around quite uh-huh. often. Sugar's we, poison. Yes, exactly, oh, Lord, yes. exactly. So, um, but yeah, so over time I decided I'm gonna just track macros, which for everyone who doesn't know, is just a more accurate way to track calories. Um, you're specifically tracking where your calories come from. So I, I started doing that right around the same time I really started getting into lifting weights versus cardio and I, I still do that to this day I, I use macros to determine I, I adjust my macros based on what what I'm trying to accomplish very cool yeah I, I think macros is a good way and it's it's, it's a good lifestyle way to look at Agreed. food too because then you can eat you really can eat whatever you want in moderation as long as you are trying to meet certain goals with it and yeah, yeah. exactly or if you have an indulgence maybe the next oh. day yeah well like so how did did you handle like holidays and stuff like that because i know that i have a really bad habit of saying it's not just christmas it's the christmas season yes yes and And cookies are delicious you know i'll start again at the new year and i i I, yep and then march rolls around and and you're like oh this is the new year yes march is still early but now it's easter (laughs) right yeah so it wasn't just holidays so at first like i said the first 13 months i was very disciplined and i ended up getting in this competition with which with beach body which we can talk about later Mm. if you want to Mm -hmm. Um, so that kind of motive me, motivated me to where I was kind of crazy with it, to where I didn't cheat. I, at holidays, I did indeed poorly and whatnot. This was back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very different lifestyle now. <laughs> so what, as I mentioned, I've learned to kind of adapt to life. I've got kids. Yes. I've got, I want to have fun. I don't want to be, I'm not, I'm not making money off of my physique or what I'm doing. I'm just doing it for overall health and yes. ability. So you got to live life. So what I had to learn and, and is still learning is um, to kind of just go with the flow sometimes. Um, certainly on holidays, I eat what I want and I don't pay attention to it. It's just, it's a holiday. I've got no timeline anymore for my health. It's just life. Right. So I allow myself to enjoy that stuff. And if uh, that's what I would suggest to someone who's in, who's not in this for, you know, some sort of bodybuilding competition or something, just allow yourself to adopt habits that keep you in the long run heading where you want to head. Don't worry about a Christmas day, but it's taken a lot and it still takes a lot. So what I struggled with, like most people is I would eat a meal off track, for example, and then later that night I would tell myself, well, you had that meal 
that's off track, you're off track for the day. Let's just enjoy mm. this snack. And then you eat that snack and the, the meal that was off track turns into a day that was off track, yeah. which turns into a weekend that was off track. And that happened to me numerous times after, after my initial weight loss and still happens to me to this day. So I, I, think, I think it will be a mental struggle for life that you just have to learn to um, adapt to. So my, my new approach is a much greater focus on how I react to eating off track in that I kind of don't get upset about it. I move on, okay, you were off track, yep. let's move on, let's get back to where you're going because otherwise you just end up in this downward spiral of beating yourself up over it and then eating to cope with beating yourself yeah. up over it. Correct. And it's just a, a bad situation. It's a mental game. The whole the whole weight loss, the whole goal, anything to do with those types of goals, it's a big mental hurdle that you have to you have to go through. And if you've experienced um, something negative about it at, your, at the beginning of it, it can it can you know be a journey all the way through to the end of your life. <laughs> it's a I agree. it's a whole thing. Right. So it's been five years since my initial. Weight weight loss was over and really only recently have I adopted the philosophy of no real finish line just kind yeah. of accepting that it's just a, a lifelong ebb and flow and and I think that will ultimately serve me well yeah. in staying near or where I want to be yes not as long really as... focusing on that on the ups and downs so much I mean one yeah. of the things that I try and look at is that you know there is something to be said when when they talk about you know addiction Agree. Uh, and, you know, it's like if you are somebody who's a smoker and you're trying to quit smoking, uh, you're going to have those days where if somebody's in front of you smoking, that's going to trigger something. You're going to really want it. It's whether or not you, you, you succumb. It's the same kind of thing when you're trying to lose weight. You might be in a setting where somebody brings in a, a, a pack of donuts for the, for the office Absolutely. or whatever. you got to decide – you know, am I going to, do I have the discipline to have just one? Because that alone is, is a struggle. Uh, so do I just not have any or can I have the one? Which may turn into two. Right. You know, so yeah. it is a life, it, it becomes a lifelong uh, mental game. Absolutely. I, I think over the years I determined, I, I haven't like a, no clinical diagnosis or anything, but I think specifically I'm addicted to overeating. I enjoy eating too much, uh. the feeling of being full and whatnot. Mm. So I've had to kind of focus on that. And with, with what you're, what you're talking about, it's just a, I think an acceptance that this is the way it is for that. What I, I guess what I'm saying is I think it was another freeing moment to accept that this isn't something that you're is necessarily going to go away ever. So learning to adapt to having that in your life yeah. will serve you better than trying to fight it all the time. So you got to know your triggers. What what mm -hmm. is something that, for example, with my initial weight loss, there was only one food I avoided entirely, and that was pizza. And there's nothing wrong with pizza except that I cannot eat a responsible amount of pizza. Correct. <laughs> That's just what you're talking about with the donut example. Yeah. I cannot mm -hmm. eat a reasonable amount of pizza. As soon as I'm eating it, I'm eating you're it a done. ton. So I took the approach for that, th what ended up being, I think, two years I went without pizza of I'm just not going to eat it because me personally, I can't control myself around it. It was just something I recognized as a trigger. So I, I cut it out. Now, I, I don't do that anymore. Um, and I still have times where I slip up and eat, eat too much when I'm eating pizza. Maybe every time I've eaten pizza, I'm not sure. It's, it's, but you enjoy it, though. Yeah, that's absolutely. A listen. Yes. And, and that's it's a funny you say that, though, because last weekend I was by myself. 
uh, and I ordered a large pizza with the intent of having plenty of leftovers uh -huh. for the yes. next day and stuff like that. Uh, ended up eating half of it in one sitting and then the next day eating the other half in one sitting. I'm like, oh, that is not what I intended. No. Absolutely. A large pizza is a one serving pizza. I'm convinced. It doesn't matter how many people you have. It's a one yeah. serving pizza. Listen, that feeds your soul, okay? That's that's where we're at with it. That's a soul yes. pizza. Yes. <laughs> you need it. Yes, it's a mental health food. It is. Yeah. It's a mental health food. So yes. going on a little bit about uh, that is, did you ever have any issues with body dysmorphia as you were going through this? I know yeah, a lot of women struggle with it, but we don't talk about it with men in a funnel. Absolutely. I, th I think, um, I, I didn't mean absolutely that I did. I don't think I did. That's um, awesome. I was lucky. Um, I think really the addiction to food was the only real mental thing in it for me. And it's still there, I would say. Um, I was lucky. You know, I didn't like the way I looked, but it wasn't something that I... From what I know, I don't think it would be body dysmorphia. Awesome. I just didn't like the fact that I was as as large as I was. Gotcha. Then no, that's good to hear. Back to, to snacks real quick, though. Yes. What did you have? I mean, everybody wants to snack. So what were like the healthy snacks that you would allow yourself to have? Yeah, so for that that year straight, I just ate what was on my meal plan and I was crazy about it. Like I said, not something that was a sustainable mindset, but it served the purpose mm -hmm. at the time. And then I really just started adopting more of a veggies, fruit, you know, whole foods, what people refer to as whole mm -hmm. foods. I took that approach because it allows you to get less calories, but more food. So fruits, vegetables, really loading up on vegetables. Snack wise, I think I mostly stuck to fruit at the okay. time, um, it's just helpful. I love fruit, so it was an easy decision for me. Um, it's nature's candy. It yes, is nature's absolutely, candy. absolutely. <laughs> strawberries, I, I'll destroy a couple packages nice. of strawberries with no problem. <laughs> and that, that helped me a lot because it was something I could eat a, a fair amount of volume in, but not really destroy my goals mm -hmm. yeah. for. So I, I think fruit was overall the main thing that I ate as a snack food. I was gonna say, it sounds like you did pretty well then in that initial run of avoiding cheat snacks yeah that it was um it was a no cheat one one year and one month for me and part of that was because of this competition i ended up being in yeah. but that was only the the last six half or the the second six months of that 13 months the, the second half of that is what i'm trying to say um i had a cousin who was a beach body coach at the time who saw my progress and told me about this competition that they do. And she said, well, you've lost all your weight doing P90X, which is you know under the Beachbody umbrella. So it qualifies you for this weight loss competition that they do, or it's not specifically weight loss, but a, a, healthy, a healthy lifestyle competition. Typically it ends up being weight loss people who win it. Yeah. But so that, that got me to submit for their, they have a monthly competition where you can win $1,000. And I submitted for for that, kind of forgot about it. I was down 162 at the time. It was right after my third round of P90X okay. was done. So she told me about that. I submitted for it, kind of forgot about it because a month had passed by and didn't hear anything. And then I got an email saying I had won That's awesome. the $1,000 monthly competition. And along with that was that that qualified me for their annual competition in June where they they check back in with all their monthly winners over the year and someone they they pick they pick four people to come to this competition they fly you out and somebody everybody they pick wins 25 grand at least 
Wow. And the winner that they decide wins 100000 So that kind of renewed my discipline when I heard that there's a chance that I could win 25000 or $100,000 for something that I already you were wanted anyway. to do anyway. Yeah. And largely was done already. Um, so that renewed me. So for the next six months, I was a no cheat. I'm Well, here's the thing. I slipped up, but... I was kind of in like an unhealthy mental state with food there because of that competition uh, yep. where it consumed it, it my that. every thought. You know, I had this competition coming up, so at least it was short term and didn't have any long lasting effects. But I was definitely in an unhealthy relationship with food on the good side to where I would beat myself up when I slipped up and whatnot. Anyway, the six months passed by, I ended up winning the 100,000 competition. They, they flew in my wife, me and wow. my wife up to Lucas Oil Stadium in uh, Indianapolis and uh, there's 30,000 people there. We didn't know that I had won until it happened. But yeah, I ended up winning the whole competition. My I was 185 goodness. pounds down in 13 months and I got this big giant cardboard check sitting in my basement as we speak. That's, oh my that's gosh, amazing. how cool. That's, that is truly, truly amazing. Cause you, you hear about this stuff, but like not Really? That's awesome to actually know somebody who has done this and been successful yeah. with it. That is so cool. And it's also good to know you don't actually have to take that specific check to the bank. That's yes, yes. <laughs> I was, one of my first questions was, can I keep the check? How's yeah. that work? And yeah, they mailed it home for me. It's sitting That's in my so basement. cool. Aww. Well, yeah, it, I agree with you. It was something that seemed fake, you know, before right. having experienced it myself. And then, like I said, to have it happen when it was something I had already mostly done already and I needed to do regardless of it. Um, I, it was awesome once in a lifetime experience. And the losing of the weight was reward enough. But to get this on top of that was yes. just life changing. That's, That's amazing. That's awesome. So what does the, the future hold for you now? Because yeah. You, you look great. I'm yeah. sure you feel great compared to oh yeah uh, to to then. So uh, you know you, you kind of already said that now it's a a day to day live your life maintain. Um, but what's still in the back? You know, is there still something in the in the back yes. of your head that's like, okay, well, because I know you mentioned running there for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what I'm going to mention now. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So I ran that half marathon back in 19, just before COVID hit, and. What has eluded, I've only run that half marathon and what's eluded me thus far is beating a two hour mark on a half marathon. I was two hours and three minutes when I ran that half marathon. Wow. So it's been in the back of my mind ever since that I want to beat the two hour mark. This not some elite status or something. Just right, a, you don't need to come in first. I don't know, that first. sounds pretty right, awesome. Just a pretty good threshold for a half marathon. Yeah. Something I w just mentally want to accomplish. So I'm training for this 10K at the end of May. Um, and I'll run that and then this fall I'm going to be running that same half marathon that I ran before and I will get under two hours yes. is what I'm telling myself. We believe in you. So, That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you'll, you'll have to uh, send us a screen capture of, of your final time or yes. something yes, like that. Please. Yes, please. So what does training look like for that for you right now? Yes, that's a good question. I'm kind of, I'm focused mostly on running a couple 5Ks a week and then throwing in a long run once a week. Um, right now, I'm not focused on the half marathon. I'm focused on the, the 10K, mm -hmm. which is six miles. So like uh, two weekends ago, or last weekend rather, I ran seven miles just in preparation. I want to do a few runs that are longer than what the actual run will be because 
Um, it's been a little while since I ran that distance. I, like I said, the, the first half marathon was back in 19, and I really was slacking on the running ever since then till now. So kind of getting back from starting again at square one, basically, as far as running goes. But uh, I'm really just kind of doing my own thing with the training, just adding long, sprinkling in long runs with short runs until I can get my heart, heart back to tolerating being up at a high heart rate for a couple hours. So do you think your kids will want to run with you? I know you've got the nine-year-old who... Yes, my nine-year-old already does. We do we do two-mile runs together. That's what she's up oh, to right now. So awesome. she can handle two hours, or I'm sorry, two miles pretty easily, <laughs> not two hours. And it's funny, they did, a, they did a run at school where they had to run a half a mile. And she told me, Dad, I was the first one done. And I knew that I was going to win because the fastest kid started running too fast and I knew he was going to get tired by the end of it. So it was kind of a little moment for her to see her training. Yeah. Like she had the mindset of, I know I need to pace myself. So it was fun. Slow and steady wins the race. Exactly. It was fun for me as the dad to see like her proud of herself for what she's accomplished. That warms my heart so much to see that your kids are getting motivated by seeing your progress and what you've accomplished. That's that's amazing. And and that kind of stuff is going to stick with them just like you had those struggles but hopefully because of that they won't have to and they'll live their their lives exactly yeah that was some so like i'm real big on intentional parenting and getting more more plugged into stuff like that but i was always big on it when it came to food um because of the struggles that i had exactly like you mentioned the the addiction to food i was always very open with my kids and just made it like a non-factor for them like oh no we're not going to do that we're going to focus on this healthier stuff because i wanted it just to be normal for them not something that they obsess about Mm -hmm. but also not something that they struggle with so um it was always my intention to kind of remove you know a parent always wants to make their kids life easier than theirs was and in this aspect it's something i focus on quite a bit to I, I want it to just be a non-factor for them. Like, I don't want them to obsess about healthy eating. I want them just to just, just, to just to naturally yeah. gravitate towards it. So, yes. so far it's been successful. My daughter does a good job of reining me in. So sometimes the roles are reversed where she said, Dad, you don't need to eat that or whatever. You know, just nothing serious or whatnot. But she does a good job of keeping me in check as well. Good. And you have the six-year-old boy. Is he also wanting to yes. like follow in so those footsteps? They actually both just last Sunday had their first of five weeks. They, they joined this um, Healthy Kids Run Club in Medina. That's where oh. I'm from, up in Medina. So every week they get to run. So my son's in kindergarten. They run a quarter, uh, half, a quarter mile. Um, so they ran their first on Sunday. And then my daughter's in the first and second grade, or I'm sorry, second and third grade run where they run a half mile. So they're excited. They ran their first on Sunday. And then next week they run another to compare their time with their first week. And it's just a fun little five-week um, fun thing for the kids to do and they were saying that they're excited for their next one to see if they can beat their own time that's great so. i see track in their future yeah, <laughs> we'll, see. Yep, yep, we'll see my daughter's big into art and and my son into soccer oh very so, cool we'll definitely come in handy for soccer mm-hmm. but also i mean it doesn't need to become a part of their identity mm-hmm. just right. the fact that they want to do any of that kind of stuff is great right and and that's another thing i focus on not making it something where it's who they are it's just something they something do they you know do. doing like running to them running is just something people do you know working out is something people do they don't really work out per se but they're just active kids but being active i guess is a better way to put it yeah. it's just 
normal for kids. You know, kids love that too. So mm -hmm. it's not like you're having to thrust something upon them they don't want to already do. Yeah, that's awesome. Just vicariously, I'm with you. <laughs> I, 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 I want to be in your shoes right now because it's a, it's a struggle I've, I've had for years. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Honestly, since adolescence. Right. Um, Same with me. And yeah. every so often I get that that drive, that, that motivation, and I do well for, for a little while, but I've yet to be able to crack that, keep going with it, keep going right. with it. Um, so I'm constantly starting over. Um, I will say I'm better off now than I was a few years ago. Great. But that's that's not doing it for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. So. Yeah, and, and even after cracking the code per se, you know, at my lowest I got down to 195, which was as low as I wanted to go. That was just, maybe I lied there, 190 would have been half my original weight. So I was kind of had having that in the back of my mind. But when I was down to 195, I told myself, eh, I, this is skinnier than I want to be. I want to put on mass, mm -hmm. muscle mass meaning, yeah. and I wasn't willing to wait any longer. So yeah. I turned around at 195. But all that to say, I, I still struggle with this. So I'm, I'm sitting at a heavy, heavy weight right now. Nothing like what I was before, but I'm finding myself adopting the behaviors that were successful for me in the first time and yes. really my biggest advice i kind of already said it is to focus on the long you know it's a cliche to say it's a marathon not a sprint but the the mindset that comes with that is not beating yourself up when you mess up and what that allows you to do is slip up in a day but be back on track the yes. next day and that's what that's what will ultimately serve all of us better so one of the things that we like to do when we're closing out an interview, and this is, I don't know if it's counterintuitive for this one, but we usually like to ask, what's your favorite restaurant here? So I'm going to ask you this in two parts. Okay. What's your favorite place to go to here in District 3 that maybe has healthier options? And what's your favorite place that's maybe a little bit more of an indulgence? Yeah, so uh, I think it's... It's mostly the same place. It depends okay. what we're talking about. So I, I gravitate towards Northern District 3, which is where I work. My office is up there. So I'm not down here in Ashland very often. Gotcha. But in Ashland, there's a few great places. Um, there's a little hibachi place called Edamame right down the street Ooh. there. Cheap lunch hibachi, good quality. There's a little mom and pop shop here. I, I like to gravitate towards mom and pop shops. Mm -hmm. Just sure. usually get a better experience. They got fantastic uh, Buckeye pie, which you're saying maybe <laughs> counterintuitive <laughs> to what we're talking about, but I don't think this so. You gotta enjoy life. That's right, you gotta enjoy <laughs> yes, life. absolutely. So I say go for it and just get back on track, but um, it's called Linway Diner. It's literally right, right next to the district here. And then in Medina, where I'm from, I love, there's an Irish place on the square of Medina called Sully's Irish Pub. But that's my favorite local place up there. Ooh. Nice. Well, I, you know, I really appreciate your time. I know we both do. Oh my gosh, yes. This has been wonderful talking to you yes, today. It's nice to meet you guys. What would what, what be your, your last like point of advice for somebody who's maybe looking to finally get started? Pull the trigger. Um, think about the same epiphany I had. It was empowering to me to accept. I understood it all along, but I didn't accept it until I had that epiphany that you are in complete control and you have the ability to take yourself wherever you want to go. It was, like I can't overstate, it was a freeing thought for me to, to finally accept that I have the ability. I don't need to wait on someone else. I don't need the environment to be just right. I can just choose 
better decision making and get myself to wherever I want to go. So that, that, that's my advice. Accept and understand that you have the control and use that as a freedom to make the decisions you want to make. That's wonderful. I love that. Thank you so that's much, perfect. Jeff. This has been awesome. Thank you both. It has been a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe on your chosen podcast platform and never miss who we talk to next. Do you want to tell us your story on a future episode? Do you have questions, comments, or want to request a transcript of this episode? Email us at podcast at dot ohio.gov. Dot